Welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm Melissa Friedenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. Pearl Planning is a financial planning and investment management company located in Dexter and Gross Point, Michigan. We work with clients all around the country. The purpose of our podcast is to explore specific financial topics and provide advice you can use in your everyday life. Welcome back to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. It's Melissa Joy here today, and I'm so pleased to be joined by Julia Carrion. Julia is a 25-year digital executive with a long track record of ideating and implementing technology innovation in financial services. For many years, she led the team that stood up the digital experience for Wells Fargo Private Bank. She is an ardent supporter of women and is a national speaker on Gen Z next generation talent. Julia, welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. Well, I'm so glad you're here and you are really focused on the world of Gen Z, talking about generational dynamics. And I think you go one step further than most because everybody is so focused on millennials and they don't realize that there's the millennials are are turning 30 and 40 and there's a whole generation behind them. It's so funny. It's so amazing to me how almost entire swaths of the population seem to have forgotten that there is a whole nother cohort behind millennials that um, are not very much discussed. So I'm really (laughs) excited to be here and talk about it today. Well, we're a fellow generation that is also often forgotten, I believe, both Gen X. Is that correct? Absolutely true. Yes. <laughs> so how did the, you as a Gen Xer start blogging and talking about Gen Z? Well, it's kind of a serendipitous story, as these things often are. In 2017, I was out on the road doing a lot of talking about wealth management and the need to make sure that every single transaction that we were touching could be supported however our clients wanted to do business with us. And you know, Melissa, that unfortunately in our business right now, um, there are transactions that sadly require a fax machine. And, (laughs) (laughs) And Oh, it's painful because in our office, we built our office two years ago. So that fax machine is like the hardest part. To get rid of. I know. See, it's just an absolute travesty. And so I was out on the road and I was giving these talks about the need to make sure that we could support transactions anywhere, anyhow. And I was getting a lot of pushback from really senior executives who I thought should know better that uh, we were running out of time. And their argument was, well, we haven't seen a lot of disruption in our business um, heretofore. And so wasn't I being a little bit of a chicken little? And what I had to come back with them at is it takes 20 years for generations to turn over. And that means that change is slow until it is sudden. And I think it's really easy to become sanguine to the threat of disruption when that's the case. And so I really want to impress upon our listeners, over the next 10 years, we will experience the largest turnover of generations in sheer numbers in our lifetime, whether you are 50 or 20. So the silent generation will pass away 
boomers are exiting the workforce in record numbers. And you just pointed out millennials are turning 40 and people are shocked by that. I think that's because, you know, it's forever arrested development and they've been infantilized by the press for so long that people are shocked by that fact. And then, of course, we will witness the rise of Gen Z, which is 2.5 billion people globally. They are the most racially and ethnically diverse population in history. They influence 600 billion dollars worth of spending. And importantly, they were born with a smartphone in their hand. And I think that makes them the ultimate disruptors. So I'll just say that I started in 2017 reframing my pitch for why we needed to modernize as an industry to, you know what, digital is not a disruptor. Human beings are disruptors. And Gen Z is the ultimate disruptor that back in 2017, nobody was really talking about. So that's how I came to this crazy sort of sideline um, of my of my whole personality around, okay, I'm not just a digital technologist, but I'm all about pay attention to Gen Z. Well, I when I hear that conversation, and I know that you've been thinking about this and working on it for a while now. And then I look at the last year where we've had COVID, which accelerated many of the trends. Unfortunately, if you think about the trend, the silent generation dying accelerated because of where COVID hits the hardest. Baby boomers retiring accelerated because baby boomers didn't feel safe in many of their jobs. So many of them moved up their retirement dates over the last 12 months. And then, you know, just the digital trends that were slowly infiltrating our existence all at once became absolutely necessary because we couldn't do business as usual. So I I can't think of a better time to be having this discussion because it's happening to us whether we like it or not. Well, and and look at you, so you I live this and yet you saying all of those things about what's happened with COVID and how it is um the death rates and all of that with COVID. It gives me goosebumps every single time because to your point we are living an accelerated version of this right now. And it it is funny how in 2017, I kind of felt like I was pushing the message of the rock uphill. Yeah. And, and now, right, the kind of the rock has fallen on top of us, whether we like it or not. Yeah. And, and your choice is to either resist, and that would be okay on an individual basis. I have some clients that are like, look, I'm just, I... I will wait until I can meet with you in person, which is fine because we can get stuff done over the phone if they're not willing to do a Zoom meeting like we're recording this call. I have other, so individually you can make those decisions, but as a, um, in the financial advice profession, in the way we deliver services, and then as collectively as a society, it's just not a choice to say, no, I'm going to ignore what's happening and just, you know, put that back in the box. It's out and it's here. It's We're not going to be, um, going completely back to the way things were, because in many ways, um, we've just been kind of pushing change that was inevitable. It just was going to happen more slowly. Absolutely true. So skim on that. How is that? What is that impact of that generational turnover that you're seeing? How should we be aware of it? Well, let's take a minute if you, you know, to talk about Gen Z as a demographic, because I think that's really interesting. Um, 
they were born between 1996 and 2012. And the really important thing to know about them is kind of they are showing up the way they are because of seminal events in their childhood. And those events are really rather sobering. They were born after 9-11, right? So they had that impacting them. They also were alive during the Great Recession. So if you think about many of them as a cohort saw their parents struggling to make ends meet, and that has turned them into a very very entrepreneurial group. I think you might find it interesting that Gen Z, even though they are so much younger than millennials as a cohort, um, actually outnumber millennials in terms of entrepreneurs. So it's very interesting. And then, and then really sadly, right, they've been influenced by Columbine and the Columbine shootings. And, you know, they grew up having to do school shooting drills like you and I had to do, in my case, earthquake drills, right? Growing up in California in the 19- Tornado drills in Texas for it, me, yeah, where you, you now go. live. Yep. Love it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so those kind of drills, like they, so it's just a different version, right? Of, of something that we've experienced. And so they are showing up as a cohort, really importantly, as really super hyper-focused digital technology folks with kind of the sobering um, mindset of actually boomers, which is why their nickname is, funnily enough, Zoomers, um, which you and I are both on Twitter together. And I find it funny how the war of, you know, boomers and Zoomers and all of this, it's like you two are, you two have way more in common than you think you do, which is kind of funny. Yeah, it's it's true. And the generational experiences are so different. So as you described, they, uh, digital was just in their life forever, whereas for our generation, we, um, you know, c- the personal computer came into existence while we were adolescents. Absolutely. And um, that I think of my my oldest son is a Zoomer, so he's a sixth grader. He was um, born um, in the the 2010 or the aughts, and um, you know his his collective experience as a generation is so different. They don't understand, um, you know, the way that we were. Or for us, it's, it would be like you know your parents were the 50s and 60s, which is so so strange. Um, how much of a difference in terms of the way they're growing up. And I have to think that the pandemic too will be, uh, you know, an epic experience for the generation. But just the things that they take for granted, like, um, you know, gay marriage, most of them, that it won't be any controversy. Um, And there's a variety of things that just, you know, there wasn't a before times for them. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. And I I think you'll find this really, interesting and funny because millennials get a lot of kind of credit, right, for being digital natives. And I think what many people are unprepared for is the degree to which actually Gen Z are the ultimate digital native. And I spend a lot of time, um, I think, you know, with gamers and there's um, 
a gaming company that I do a lot of um, chatting with. And in Manitoba, Canada, they didn't have internet when they were 12 years old. These, you know, these kids that are now in their late 30s. And, and they'll tell me, they'll say, Julia, you know, your kids were born with internet, you know, obviously everywhere, these, this demographic. And so people are unprepared for, actually, if you think millennials are demanding of being able to go in and out of experiences you know, with in real life versus online, if we think millennials have that demand, even Gen X has it, as you know, Melissa, but Gen Z is going to have that in force. And, and I think to your point about COVID, I think it will force accelerated um, adaptation by every industry and sector. Absolutely. Yeah, because it, at a certain point, technology is not a sector in and of itself. It, for the most effective companies, it's integrated. So technology um, companies, healthcare companies may look like a technology company because they're really delivering a, a, a different service. Um, but I kind of the cream rising to the top of um, innovation of the most relevant companies looking forward are going to be those that have adjusted and augmented to fit in with the Zoomers, which in in effect is going to feel more authentic to the rest of us as well, just because of this, you know, this turnover, I think. Absolutely. So how do you see that the for the this generation, how are they going to be kind of um, digesting financial advice? What are the changes that are going to be happening to the financial planning profession as we start to cater to a new generation? Well, I, I, first of all, am a big advocate for the fact that the work that you do and is, is so important. And I do believe financial advisors will always, always, and, and this is, you know, from my, my heart will always be necessary I think that what we will see, though, is um, absolutely increased need for interactivity. So mm-hmm. I right think that you will need to be able to have this generation engage online with their financial advice, maybe gamify it, play with it, interact with it, um, have it anywhere they need it, right, on their phone, um, on their desktop and, you know, they, they still use printers, right? So you, you just need to be able to, um, make sure that they can engage with it because I do believe that the, um, the degree to which we are seeing gaming as an industry and esports and the super hyper interactivity with it and the way that it kind of rewires your brain to learn is is going to be something that we really need to pay attention to. Yeah, the delivery of information in a one-dimensional piece of paper that you hand across the table or presentation is is probably going by the wayside, in my opinion, when most effective. And the replacement is more three-dimensional experience. I think geographic barriers matter less but your ability to interact seamlessly in a digital manner 
you know, to get um, a one-on-one Zoom call when you need it, but also to be able to, you know, log into a program where you can share information. And like you said, the gamification is huge. I think about like the debt in, I switched to an electric vehicle um, or a hybrid vehicle a couple of years ago. And I'm always paying attention to my miles per gallon, trying to get it to be higher (laughs) before I fill up each time. And it's like, that never would have existed, you know, 10 years ago. And it completely changes my driving interaction. And there's so many little things that are happening like that, you know, all day long. Peloton's a good example, you you know, where you can have an interactive experience all by yourself in, you know, in my case, in the piano room where our, our stationary bike is set up. Well, and I do think that that's a, a great discussion to be having about many people that I talk to think that that only the entertainment industry is kind of ripe for disruption because they've seen what happened with Netflix and Blockbuster, mm-hmm. um, you know, going by the wayside and Netflix kind of changing the game of streaming and, and you know, not waiting for a show to download um, and, and wanting to binge watch and all of that. And, and I frankly think that it's a mistake to think that just entertainment is ripe for disruption. I, I really think that any business could be disrupted. And, and I think that for your clients, one of the things I talk about all the time is do not let this mindset of, oh, millennials have sat on the couch forever and aren't doing anything. And, you know, we are not going to pay attention to them because they're different. I really think that Generation Z's ability to um, engage and interact online in a way that's different than previous generations. Millennials often were one-on-one with their phone. That's kind of how researchers think about it. But Gen Z is actually engaged socially online. They are solving problems. They are talking to their friends. And so one of the things I think would be great is for, you know, I tell dads, especially who get mad at their boys who are always on video games, I say, you know what, stop yelling at them about it and go in their room and ask to play a video game with them and see what it does. See what it does to your dynamic with them, see what you learn from them and really try to have an open mind about what are they experiencing and how can you relate to them um, on their own terms because I think it's just super powerful. And of course, I say that as both of us being moms. <laughs> yes. And you're a mom of boys. And it's true. I mean, my daughter is the same way. Minecraft is her life right now. She's that's so like, awesome. that's a quote. And <laughs> I mean, they're creating worlds. There's a there's a ton. You need to be able to disengage at some point and interact. And I, I, in IRL, I tell her, you know, like in yep. real life, we still need to um, get things done. But I, it's so amazing. Some of the creativity. And some of the, you know, kind of project work and, and how so much of it is interconnected and, and social. So, um, yeah, there definitely are skills that are, that are being created there. Absolutely. Well, how, like, what's the takeaway? What do you see as next? Is there anything you'd, you'd want our additional that you'd want our audience to understand before that this entire conversation is, is so relevant. It's so today it will, it will, it's so you know, three years from now too. So I could keep talking all day, but, but where would you, what would you leave us with? 
Well, so uh, two things. Um, I kind of want to leave you with the story that, you know, I think it's really easy to get stuck in a rut as human beings and decide that nothing's going to change because we don't have to worry about it. And I am uh, the daughter of an Indonesian immigrant. Cooking is my mom's life. And my mom loves to, um, Indonesian cooking uses a mortar and pestle to do our spices, crazy. And my mom sits and pounds her spices by hand, sometimes 90 minutes at a time. It absolutely drives me insane. So the other day I Googled Indonesian, a, a dish that I was making and found these chefs that are millennial chefs that are doing videos and podcasts about Indonesian cuisine. And guess what, Melissa? They put their spices in a spice grinder and it takes 30 seconds to do <laughs> what my mom has been doing for 90 minutes. And but my where mom, is the love built into that? <laughs> right. Oh my God. It's so funny. And so I'm like, oh my God, this is so much easier. I love these people. And so what's the message, right? The message is, is that the human race is meant to evolve. We are never, ever stopping. We are always moving forward. We are always progressing. And so I really hope that one thing that, that your audience is inspired to do is to understand that just because um, generations are different than us doesn't mean that they, that they have to have kind of all of these um, cliches about them being young and this and that, and they spend too much time online. I hope people are inspired to try to understand why that demographic is different and how can we inspire each other and learn from each other. So that's the, that's the one thing, um, is just understand that we never stop evolving. And then the, the last thing that I, I know people ask me all the time is what is after Gen Z? And so if they could just one little anecdote, it's Gen Alpha, which I think is super cool. And um, so if you have anybody born after kind of 2012, that's who they are. I do. And I just, yep. Yeah. So I would just leave them with that factoid because not a lot of people know it. Well, I can't wait to hear about Gen Alpha. My little 2013 child is quite the individual beast. Um, and <laughs> to me, there's, I, I think that I love embracing kind of the future. And fortunately, as a company, Pearl Planning is only two and a half years old, which in some ways is a gift because we don't have the legacy of this is how we've always done it. Love it. Uh, but we will have to constantly remind ourselves, uh, you know, that, of um, the natural, you know, kind of the, the naturalness of human evolution and the evolution of device as well. So I just think this conversation is so relevant. I hope that everyone has enjoyed listening because it, much of what we've touched on you're experiencing in your day-to-day -day life. So take it with you and, and realize that this, this change and adaptation is just a natural part of our being. Julia, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com or on Spotify. If you're interested in learning more about Pearl Planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter also found on our website.